Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. Welcome back, everyone. And today we have a vascular surgery fellow, Dr. Mohasi, from the Department of Surgery in Steve Beaker Academic Hospital, who's going to be talking to us about carotid arterial disease. Welcome, Dr. Mohasi. What are some of the important definitions that our listeners should know about? Uh, the two most important definitions I want to go through before we uh, start the topic is um, one transient ischemic attack and stroke. Um, so a transient ischemic attack is a focal neurological deficit involving a specific vascular territory with uh, symptoms lasting less than 24 hours. Uh, whereas stroke is a focal neurological deficit involving a specific vascular territory with symptoms lasting more than 24 hours or symptoms leading to death. And how common is carotid artery disease? So we've seen a decrease in the incidence of um, uh, stroke in the last three decades, mainly due to the, to the introduction of statins. Um, however, it remains a major cause of morbidity and mortality. Um, at the moment, it's uh, uh, the, the fourth leading cause of death in the USA, uh, was previously the third. Importantly, um, to notice that uh, transient ischemic attacks are a warning stroke for a future major strokes, uh, because about 15% of uh, and about 15% of completed strokes are preceded by a prior TIA. What is the underlying pathology in carotid artery disease? So about 80% of strokes are due to ischemic infarcts and uh, 20% due to uh, intracerebral hemorrhage. Um, the patients that come to us are those with ischemic strokes, um, meaning to us vascular surgeons. So of the ischemic strokes, uh, 30% of them are cardioembolic, uh, 20% are due to large vessel disease, and 16% are, 16% are due to small vessel disease, and 25 to 40% are of undetermined pathology. In large vessel disease, um, which is the patients that m most commonly come to us, a thyroid plug uh, in the carotid bifurcation is the most common pathology encounter. What are common risk factors in these patients? So epidemiological studies have shown that five important risk factors account for about 80% of the global burden of strokes. So they include hypertension, which is the most common, uh, current smoking, obesity, poor diet and physical inactivity. Other risk factors um, include older age, male gender, black race, diabetes, hypercholesterolemia, coronary artery disease, prior stroke or TIA, and atrial fibrillation and a, family, a positive family history of uh, cardiovascular disease. What are some of the signs that a patient's either having a TIA or a CVA? Okay, so typically patients with carotid artery disease will present with anterior circulation symptoms. Uh, which include transient monocular blindness, so-called amurosis fugex. Um, they may present with a hemiparesis or hemiparalysis, hemisensory deficit or dysphagia. Um, other less common subtle symptoms include dizziness, uh, deterioration in mental intellect and memory, um, and a pale optic, optic disc on fundoscopy. If there is no embolic source found, the presence of uh, transient monocular blindness should prompt referral to an ophthalmologist to exclude an anterior ischemic optic neuropathy, which causes ischemia of the optic nerve head. Um, the presence of an audible brew, which is important to pick up, and the quality of the brew does not correlate with the degree of stenosis. 
Furthermore, only a third of patients with high grade stenosis of uh, the ICA will not have an audible breathing. Therefore, an absence, uh, the absence of uh, a brewery does not necessarily exclude uh, significant carotid stenosis. Patients with uh, non-hemispheric symptoms should not be considered to be of carotid origin unless other classic symptoms are present. Uh, non-hemispheric symptoms include isolated syncope or blackout, presyncope or faintness, isolated double vision, and isolated vertigo. In the presence of these symptoms, it is important to exclude a cardiac or inner ear pathology. How should we investigate patients who are having a TIA or a CVA? Priorities of uh, the initial workup uh, prior to referral to a vascular surgeon should aim to exclude hemorrhagic causes of stroke and exclusion of cardiac and small vessel disease as causes of ischemic uh, TIA or stroke. The referral of patients uh, with a TIA should be urgent and guided by the ABCD2 scoring system. What is the ABCD2 system? The ABCD2 scoring system predicts the seven-day risk of stroke following a transient ischemic attack. A score of more than four carries the highest risk of stroke, and those patients should be referred within 24 hours after the onset of symptoms. Patients with a lower score of zero to three carry the lowest seven-day risk of stroke following a TIA and may be referred within seven days. And once the patient is at a vascular surgery department? The aim of investigation is to assess the common carotid artery, the common carotid artery bifurcation, and the internal carotid artery for areas of stenosis and to quantify the degree of stenosis. Options for investigation include a duplex ultrasound, CT angiogram, conventional angiogram, or magnetic resonance angiogram. The initial investigation of choice is a carotid duplex ultrasound due to low cost, easy accessibility, non-invasiveness, absence of exposure to ionizing radiation, and comparable accuracy to other investigations like CT angiogram, conventional angiogram, and MRA. What are velocity criteria? Velocity criteria across the stenosis are used to grade the degree of stenosis into mild, which is less than 50% stenosis, moderate, which coincides with 50-69% stenosis, and severe stenosis, which coincides with more than 70% stenosis of the ICA. When would you do a CT angiogram? Indications for CT angiogram include failure of sonar to identify a carotid plug as a source of the cerebrovascular event, or when suspecting the ascending aorta or the arch as the source of disease. Or CT angiogram may be or should be performed when planning endovascular surgery, or when duplex ultrasound shows an apparent occlusion of the internal carotid artery, as duplex ultrasound may miss a critical stenosis or trickle flow. When do you use a conventional angiogram? Conventional angiogram is usually performed as part of an endovascular intervention. What are the components of the ABCD2 score? So the components of the ABCD2 scoring system is age, more than 60, a high blood pressure, clinical features of TIA, that is weakness with or without speech impairment or speech impairment without unilateral weakness, the duration of the symptoms, whether it's more than 60 minutes or 10 to, 10, 10 to uh, 60 minutes, or the presence of diabetes. The score is widely available on the internet as a digital calculator. What are your indications for surgical intervention in these patients? Indications for surgical management include patients presenting with a TIA with an ICS stenosis of more than 70%. Patients with a TIA with a carotid stenosis more than uh, between 50 and 69%. In patients already on breast medical therapy with good life expectancy. Other indications include patients with a non-debilitating stroke or critical asymptomatic stenosis. Which surgical procedures can you offer these patients? 
The options for surgical management include an open surgical approach or an endovascular approach. The open approach is the preferred approach due to a lower risk of stroke. So the procedure is called carotid anaterectomy, which includes direct exposure of the carotid artery with a carotid arteriotomy accompanied by removal of the culprit plug followed by closure with a synthetic or autologous patch. The endovascular option is carotid artery stenting. It is less preferred as I mentioned due to higher risk of stroke. And this includes placement of a stent across an inciting lesion. How do you treat patients that do not fulfill the requirements for surgical intervention? All patients who present with carotid territory symptoms or who may be asymptomatic with an insignificant ICA stenosis who do not fulfill the criteria for surgical management should be put on best medical therapy. Best medical therapy involves or includes um, control of all the risk factors that the patient presents with. First of all, starts with patients stopping smoking, exercise, loss of weight, good diet. All patients should be placed on a statin and all patients should be placed on an antiplatelet like aspirin. Also, BP control is important. Patients should be placed on an ACE inhibitor or a calcium channel blocker. Uh, patients should have an HbA1c of, of 7 uh, because diabetic control has also been shown to, to reduce the risk of a future major stroke. Is there anything you would like to highlight? In conclusion, I just want to reiterate two major points for a, patient's develop, for a patient developing a debilitating stroke in the future. The first point is that all patients presenting with a TIA or transient ischemic attack should be referred to a specialist vascular center for assessment within, within uh, seven days or 24 hours if they present with a very high ABCD, ABCD score. Another important point that prevents future major strokes and other cardiovascular complications like MI is, is best medical therapy. So best medical therapy includes aspirin and statins and control of all the other cardiovascular risk factors. Thank you very much, Dr. Mohasi, and I'm sure we'll hear from you in further podcasts. This edition of the Students of Surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. Visit www.tuxfm.co.za for young, fresh, and relevant content. That was another edition of the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics.